Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A Cut Above with Tom Hoy is proudly sponsored by Mod Shoes. Smart shoes for smart people. Shop the latest range of men's and women's clothing and footwear and more over at modshoes.co.uk. Hello and welcome to November 23's edition of A Cut Above with me, Tom Hoy, right here on The Face Radio. From Manchester, England to Brooklyn, USA... Tonight's show is a good one. It's a special for vintage clothing. We're going to be chatting all things vintage, where to shop it, how to dress it, and some of our favourite items in our wardrobe. Now, when I say we, that is, of course, because tonight there is two very special guests. Two repeat guests and two very good friends of mine, Simon Parr and Andrew Lindsay. Simon Parr is a clothing guru and sales agent for lots of different brands, including Real Hoxton, Tootle, Gabici, and lots more. And, of course, we'll also be joined by tonight's other special guest and sponsor of this show, Andrew Lindsay, founder and managing director of Mod Shoes and 66 Clothing. The three of us can talk, so you have all of that to look forward to. So please stay tuned in. My name is Tom Hoy. I'm on Instagram at TomTheMod. I'm on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it at TomTheModDJ. And I'm over on Facebook at my page, Tom Hoy. Remember, you can also check out my YouTube channel. And the easiest way to find that is to search for TomTheMod or Tom Hoy. Whatever you like. But for now, though, sit back, relax and enjoy the show. And soon we'll be joined by my two very special guests for this a cut above vintage clothing special party people doom it'll let you know that i have no 
prior knowledge to any invasion or any invasion being planned or executed and I have no ties to madly
Hello, if you've just tuned in, you're listening to A Cut Above with me, Tom Hoy, right here on The Face Radio. In this special episode of A Cut Above, we'll be looking at vintage clothing, and I will be joined, of course, by my guests in just a moment, Simon Parr of Heritage Brands and Andrew Lindsay of Mod Shoes. We'll be chatting all things vintage clothing with a few good tunes along the way also. Remember, I'm on Instagram at TomTheMod. On Twitter at TomTheModDJ and on Facebook, you can find my page TomHoy. And why not go and check out the YouTube channel by searching for TomTheMod for clothing reviews and lots, lots more. But I think it's time right now we welcomed on tonight's guests onto the show. They are my two good friends. Simon Parr of Heritage Brands and Andrew Lindsay of Mod Shoes. This is a cut above vintage clothing special right here on The Face Radio. Welcome, Simon and Andy. Welcome back to A Cut Above. Uh, Long-time friends, Simon and Andy. Hello. <laughs> hello. hello Tom, how are you? Hello, I'm good. Hello, thanks. hello. How, how, how are you both doing? Yeah, all good, thank you. And you? I'm very good. What about you, Andy? Um, yeah, we're good. Um, life's good. Um, sales are up for the first time in a long time, so I'm in a happy mood. Oh, and uh, and we should say as well, Andy is the sponsor of the show, so yes. we're on our best well, behaviour this evening. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, how's life with you, Simon? How's it going? How's work? Going yeah, good, you? good. Um, you know, we've just uh, delivered autumn winter, so that's all in the shops now, which is great, and uh, mm. hope selling well. And I just had my big birthday. I won't tell you which one. So <laughs> just come back from Paris, so that was lovely. So yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Well, brilliant. Well, I thought this would be a perfect show to get you both on because you both have jobs where you're very much influenced by the past. So a great topic to talk about for, with all of us, I think, is vintage shopping, because I know we all love a bit of that. But yep. um, I wanted to start off, um, when we think of vintage shopping, um, I lived in Manchester now for about 10 years. And even I've seen a change in that 10 years, but um, I know you both have been uh, shopping vintage for years. How has it changed since you first started, do you think? Well, as Simon's a little bit older, I think you should definitely go first. <laughs> uh, all right, thank you very much. Oh yeah, well I, I start, <laughs> believe it or not, I started uh, vintage shopping as a as a kid because we had an army and navy shop, and I would go in there and buy like old uniforms, and um, you know go and play war. You know who wants to play war, and, and I'd have like, proper proper uniforms. So, and then when he got into the mod scene, early eighties, it was difficult to buy. Uh, the mod stuff so you'd go around secondhand shops or vintage shops and and search for that and certainly your parker obviously you had to go to vintage shops to find your parker um you know your harrington so but it, it's massively changed and it's a lot more expensive now i think people have got 
they've cottoned on to you know what what these things are and and it's a lot more expensive that's what i was yeah, going to yeah. say actually i was interested to know what's the kind of the price like now in comparison because i know you for instance you'll find i recently have bought a london fog harrington um and i went into a shop and it was well there was one for 75 pound and all it was was a, a basic navy one and i thought i reckon i could get that cheaper and obviously i, I want to for first and foremost support the shop but when I thought it's, I don't know that it's worth that money. I went on eBay, found it for nineteen pound, perfect condition, and now it's one of my favourite jackets. But have wow. you found that it's properly? It's, it's well, funny, funny you should say about London Fog. Andy and I and and Guy the Doctor went to Brighton, and um, Guy actually bought two London Fog Harrington jackets, and I think they were thirty pounds each. See, that I mean, seems quite fair. I think. Yeah, it? horrifying. It was horrifying. Yeah. But yeah, they were lovely. Yeah, lovely. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I thought that was quite expensive for a London fog, mm. but it, it tends to be how much it is now. Yeah. And what about you? But you've got how to find it, it though, haven't you? you? But you've got to find it though as well, haven't you? Like it, it, it's. I've had this argument with loads of people about uh, scooters in the past and stuff like that. In that you've you've got it. You've got to be able to find it first to be able to purchase it. Price is subjective. Because you're in a situation where you might, you know, use petrol at 50 quid to get to the thing to buy it for 20 quid. Mm. Does, that, does that make sense? Do you, yeah, so yeah. You're not, so it, it's like Guy was and, and Guy was there, and he, there was two of them. And you think to yourself, well, where else is he going to find two London Fog people? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of, yeah. if they'd have been 40 quid each. Like, what's that like then compared to, because, like, I'd say in Manchester, £30 would be that would be really good that, that's almost a bargain manchester but with you both maybe not living in a big city what how what's vintage prices around near you in uh, like cambridgeshire well cambridge there's not many uh, vintage shops around anymore i mean i suppose london would be the one um you know portobello market camden town uh you know you've got places like beyond retro mm. uh, rocket uh, Urban Outfitters used to be really good. Uh, classic car boot sale, that used to be really, really good, but the prices have started to to creep up there as well. So, I mean, I'm comparing it to when I used to shop years ago and you get a real bargain where now probably the prices are quite fair, but because I remember them back in the day, I mean, you could get a, an M51 Parker for 10 quid. You know, you go uh, Sherry's in... Um, Carnaby Street, uh, Peter always tells me he used to get piles of parkers, put them on the floor, and the mods would run in, grab them, and they're all a tenner. They wouldn't even try them on. This is why you see pictures of the mods, some with the big, big parkers on, some with the small parkers on. So, you know, that, and you try and get an M51 now, yeah. or even M65, you're paying a lot of money. Um, so, so, do but, you think that then is that because the amount of people that want vintage stuff that, that that's the reason the price has gone up or is it is it just inflation do you reckon no i think it i think it's um i wouldn't say it's fashionable now i think it's uh it's sustainable isn't it i think yeah. uh, the young guys now think if they buy something second hand that they're, they're saving the planet you know because yeah. somebody bought it they're not uh, buying it brand new which is great um and also i think more and more people uh have the knowledge now you know they know 
uh, about Harringtons and Parkers and leather jackets and uh, biggie yeah. leaves. You know, they're they're researching it and they're they're searching for, like you say, London fog, Hawaiian shirts. There's all these all these things out there. But you know, if you search, you can you can get a bargain. I mean, I've been buying uh, massive tweed coats. Yeah, and you buy those in the the middle of the summer, you you can get a bargain, but if you yeah. buy them in winter, you know, they're three times the price. And I guess so, now, isn't it? People have got the internet and like there'll be places I'll go to like a, um, not necessarily a vintage clothing shop, kind of maybe a secondhand store and you'll go in and everything will be really cheap. And then you'll come across a, like an Aquascutum uh, trench coat. And they've obviously Googled Aquascutum and, and then they've seen, oh, or, or it might be like Burberry. And then they think, oh, we can charge upwards of yeah. five hundred pounds because it's that brand. Well, yeah, funny you should say that because um, in uh, Brick Lane at Truman Brewery in the basement, there's a massive uh, vintage um, shop there, and right. there's a guy who sells Burberry uh, trench coats. There, he's got loads of them, and and they're really expensive, you know, for what they are secondhand. But little fact here: I I was born in Ely uh, near Cambridge, at about six miles. And you'll know this. Six miles away is Littleport, and in 1972 they started to make Burberry raincoats. Right, up until, wow, cool. Up until 1998, so they made Burberry Burberry raincoats in in Littleport in this big factory. Because uh, I remember it. My mum, I think everybody used to go there for their. Uh, they had like a factory shop there, but mm. yeah, Boots and Burberry, they're all. Um, uh, the vintage ones are, are, are getting good money. I think because the quality is so good. I mean, yeah. back in the day, you know, they they they, they were made to last. So if you're going to buy a vintage piece, um, you know, it's going to be really, really good quality. And I guess each kind of piece that was made was carefully made by one person, wasn't it? Rather than now, you almost have like, it's like a car, there's an assembly line, someone's putting on the, yeah. the arms and it's just, it's and lost that try- kind of thing trying to make it as cheaply as possible so they're buying cheap fabric yeah cheap buttons you know they, they're trying to get it out as, as cheap as they can yeah. whereas before i think they would have you know good quality fabrics and buttons and yeah. you know it's just a lot yeah that's a fair point simon isn't it little port and ely they there was the burberry factory do you remember i don't i didn't i didn't know that simon i uh, um i must admit I, I didn't know that but it's so much is made abroad now and it's all made to price, you know, yeah. because uh, and then the classic story that I've, you've heard me talk about before is Loke Royals. Loke Royals were a week's wages. Now, technically, the same shoe is half a week's wages. Do, do, do you see what I'm saying? So yeah. it's, it's more money and people think that they're more expensive, but they're not. If you think about them in relative terms. Do you, do you mm. understand what I'm saying? So but it's interesting, isn't it? But when you talk about like things that are old, they lasted because they were made and they were good. For instance, the reason I mention it is because like we've got plenty of polyester tops that, and the polyester will never degrade. And that's why they just last and last and last, you know? So from a shopping point of view, it's, I think it's going to be easy still to find vintage tops because because they just last, whereas cotton just falls apart. It just turns to rubbish. Do, 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 do you know what I mean? It just, yeah. Do you understand where I'm going on that? Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, the original gabichis were made out of acetate. And, um, I mean, acetate's indestructible, so you can still find 
um those there i mean they don't make them anymore because uh i think they're not they're not allowed to make them out of acetate <laughs> yeah you're right i mean you'll, you'll still find them and that's that's what they were made of some of the most famous fashion designers in the u.s today have been asked to forecast what eve will look like in ad 2000 one idea is a dress that can be adapted for morning afternoon or evening it's the sleeves what does it according to another artist one dress of the future will consist of transparent net. The net, uh, probably, to catch the males. Apparently, in AD 2000, we shall be having a hair-raising time. Yet another designer goes so far as to believe that skirts will disappear entirely. Shoes will have cantilever heels, and an electric belt will adapt the body to climatic changes. The lightly clad woman of tomorrow, ooh, swish, will move in an atmosphere that's scientifically kept at the right temperature. The future bride in a wedding dress of glass. What the groom will wear, apart from a worried look, isn't mentioned. A dress of aluminium, with a sash to change it for afternoon or evening, and an electric headlight to help her to find an honest man. As for him, if he matters at all, there won't be any shaving, collars, ties or pockets. He'll be fitted with a telephone, a radio, and containers for coins, keys and candy for cuties. Although certain buildings are timeless in their appeal, the same can't be said for clothes. What was fashionable yesterday is often ugly today. And yet fashions undoubtedly travel in cycles. With this in mind, we wondered what clothes would look like in the year 2000. And who better to do a little crystal gazing than experts Harry and Monty Moss, who, with their chief theatrical designer, William Wynne, have come up with some ideas like this, the equivalent of our sports coat and flannels. The emphasis is on a loose neckline with zips on jacket and shirt, although in general, the points that stand out are the use of color and the military line of shoulders, trousers and boots, both borrowed from the splendid uniforms of the past. A more formal suit with once again the military influence, hence the bizarre style cape and cuffs, collar and back adapted from the pre-war full general's dress uniform. Since we've been talking about uniforms, here's what the soldier of the year 2000 might wear for state occasions. The idea being that the various regiments might by then be amalgamated. Actually, it wouldn't be a bad idea for the war office to step in and claim it right now. Here's something for the girls, for our granddaughters to look forward to. A dinner gown in velvet and nylon. Adapted from a present-day countess's coronation robe, it cuts right across the theory that women will gradually wear less and less. That remains to be seen, but it's certainly a lovely gown. It takes courage to go out on a limb and predict styles of the future, but Harry and Monty Moss have taken the plunge. One thing they won't predict, however, is what the well-dressed bathers of tomorrow are going to wear, if anything.
Welcome back. You're listening to A Cut Above right here on The Face Radio with me, Tom Hoy, for this vintage shopping special where we're talking all things vintage and where to get it, how to wear it, and our favourite pieces. I am, of course, joined by Simon Parr of Heritage Brands and Andrew Lindsay. Now, Andy, we've just heard from Simon, so over to you. Um, What's the vintage shopping experience like where you are? Um... Where when did it start for you, and um, what are some first memories of vintage shopping you have? Well, I think I think Simon Simon sort of hits the nail on the head there. I mean, back in the day, you know, um, you had a situation Army and Navy in Cambridge. Um, you didn't really have any vintage shops that I knew of Simon until that one opened up opposite where you were in next in near the Crafton Centre. Yeah, Rocket was it Rocket? Yes, so, Rocket. Yeah, Rocket. Yeah. And that, that was fabulous. So, I mean, I'd love it now. At the time, it, you know, there was a few Harrington's, but they never quite looked how I wanted them. Um, so there was a lot of second-hand shopping. So, you know, your, your British Art Foundations and all of that sort of stuff, Tom. It's only mm. if you went into London and you went to, say, Candom or Portobello Market, like uh, Simon's mentioned, that you actually come across, like, pure vintage. And, you know, where um, Modfather and all that lot are now, you know, and all your shop. I mean, I've, I'm sure I've told you before, you used to go into like a lockup. You'd pick up a, like a shirt, and it would be wet. You know, it was horrible. You know, yeah. the, the shopping experience was not pleasurable. It wasn't all washed and ironed and hanging. Do you know it's though? I feel stunning. like there's a there's still a lot of shops, and I find this especially with denim and wax jackets. They just feel gross, and it's because they've maybe not been stored correctly or something. But there's something about denim, especially if you go into like. There's some shops in Manchester you go in and you're looking through the down and you feel gross after. You feel like you need to go and wash your hands, the the, the smell you get from them. And it just doesn't feel like you'd... Would you buy that? It, it's horrible. Well, yeah, but... I, suppose, 
I suppose they they basically got a, a big bag full of vintage clothes and just yeah. put them straight out on the hanger. They they wouldn't have dry cleaned them or washed them. No, you know, they sat there for years, just how they are, yeah, aren't they? Yeah. The idea is that you buy it and then you go home and wash it. And uh, I mean, it's like American classics down originally at the bottom of uh, the King's Road. They had all the, the vintage uh, Levi down there, and they had all the Hawaiian shirts. So, so their shop originally was was all vintage, you know. And the King's Road used to be brilliant for for vintage shops. Loads of vintage pieces down there. Completely different to what it is now. Mm. Yeah, but isn't and isn't that you know? And um, what's his name? It was it managed to sit with Malcolm McLaren because mm. Let It Rock, which was his shop, was a vintage shop, wasn't it? it was before yeah. they changed it to sex, and he used yeah. to sell all the Teddy Boy outfits. And yeah. he worked out that if he ever wanted to make any real money selling vintage, you you, you struggle to kind of turn it over and get new stuff all the time. So it's kind of finding that mine of good stuff is quite hard. Uh, I yeah. always found. Do you, do you mean it's very hit and miss? Um, but it's no, but it's no. Diff- I think it all changed, Tom, when when the internet come along. You know, yeah. and I don't know what Simon feels about that. But like with record shopping, you know, I used to DJ a lot because I had the records. Yeah, and so I took the time to go and find them. Now everyone's a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> yeah, but you, but Simon. To be fair, you know you've got your records that you brought at the time, and you play yeah. them out. You yeah. do, do, do you know what I mean? And you and you never make any bones to say you're some international DJ and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. it's the same with clothes now. You know, you can you can literally eBay was fantastic because well, I think sudden, because of eBay, I think because of eBay now, you can literally go on there and you can you can buy anything where. Before you had to really search it out, you had to go to a shop and you know spend your time. Where now you can just press a button and there you go, Biggie Levi jacket, Biggie, you know Hawaiian shirts, you name it, it's there. Hmm. I, I think I think that, and I was thinking about this today, Simon. This is what I think is interesting about modern society and, and online shopping, which is kind of brings us back to the, the what we both do. Years ago, you know, I would have worn a Ben Sherman. He would have brought it in Top Shop here in, in Peterborough. They'd had a little concession. And I think the only other person who had that Ben Sherman that I had was my mate Dave, you know. Mm-hmm. And so there's a small chance we would have ended up at a do wearing that shirt. Do you, do you yeah. understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Now, because everybody kind of goes to the same six shops, <laughs> yeah. the chances of walking into a do in the same thing are even higher. Even yeah. though you've got all that choice. <laughs> and also, if somebody saw that shirt, they could click a button and find exactly where you, where yes. you, you know, <laughs> secret. And you say, oh, where did you get your shirt from, mate? And they go, oh, I'm not telling you, you know. <laughs> well, have you seen, like, it's funny how, like, vintage shopping has gone into, like, the modern age with, have you seen on Pinterest, if you're looking at a picture of someone, it could be anyone. For example, like, say it was Michael Caine, you're looking at a picture of Michael Caine, even if it's from the 60s, Pinterest is able to find similar items of what he's wearing and there'll be a shopping bit at the bottom and it will say like if he's wearing a trench coat buy this trench coat from wherever but if a vintage shop has put up something sponsored it will tag it to that and it's it's insane though you don't need to kind of leave your house to go and get to look Mm. like Michael Caine in the 60s or something it's well, yeah, I mean, it's like Steve McQueen. You know, you analyse the picture of Steve McQueen and mm. we now know what shoes he wore and what Harrington he wore and yeah. you know, 
what jeans he wore, you know, because they've analysed it and they know exactly what he but was wearing. But that's the thing, isn't it, Simon? You, 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 years ago, you had to go and find these things. Mm. You know, it, it, it was, it was, it was, it was relatively hard to do. You know, you, I mean, when finding stuff was, there's a picture of um, Bob Manton, the purple art singer. And I think it's on one of those, but my life's a jigsaw, it doesn't matter. And on the back, he's wearing a pair of hush puppies. And I found a pair of them and I loved them to death, but they don't last a year. Then they're, mm. they're knackered, you know? Yeah. But, you, but finding a pair of shoes like that, you, you couldn't just walk into a shop. Now I literally go on hush puppies and, you know, and off we go and you, you press a button and like someone says, it arrives. Yeah. You know, that, you know, it was... Because we... We had physical shops. I mean, I lived in Ely, so I had physical shops in Ely, physical shops in Cambridge. And it, and if it, they weren't in those shops, then that was it. Unless you, you went to London and you went to Carnaby Street and, you know, you had more options. But unfortunately, you know, there weren't that many shops around and the shops tended to be gentlemen's outfitters. <laughs> where, you know, they weren't really selling the kind of stuff. I mean... If you wanted to buy your jeans, you had to go to somewhere like Millet's. Mm. If you wanted to go Fred Perry, you had to go to a sports shop. If you wanted shoes, you went to a shoe shop. You know, they weren't all sold in one place. So Whereas now you'll get a boutique, won't you, that will sell everything from kind of yeah, aftershave yeah. to polo shirts to yeah. pots yeah. and pans. It's just the way it is. It be happening in the psychedelic social centre. And the beautiful people of London made their flower power way to Beatles, George and John's with it, Aladdin's Cave only they call it Apple. It's a new kind of boutique in Baker Street, catering for specialised tastes. George and John described their new venture as a kind of psychedelic Garden of Eden for lovers of hippie gear with all the trappings of beautiful living. After explaining that, George thought he'd take it easy. He was lucky he could find the chair. So he settled back to listen to the latest kind of shop-warming music as played by the group who designed the store. They call themselves The Fool. They thought it was divine, like everything else in the three-story psychedelic supermarket. Cilla Black was among the top shop-warmers. So was Kenneth Tynan. There were lots of others we didn't recognise. Sherlock Holmes used to live in Baker Street. Perhaps he could have identified them. But the Beatles found it all very elementary. That shop business. Nobody was really sure if he was on the house of 
British Army had just won the war. A crowd of people turned away, but I just had to look, having read the The Beatles, a day in the life. You don't get much more iconic than that, do you? You are, of course, listening to A Cut Above with me, Tom Hoy, right here on The Face Radio for this vintage shopping special. Now, something I actually forgot to uh, mention to Andy and Simon um, whilst I was speaking to them, and we will get back to them soon, I promise. But um, uh, one of the best places for vintage shopping I found at the moment is Vinted. Um... It's very relevant as we've been speaking about kind of uh, vintage shopping in the modern age, um, how you don't actually have to leave your house because like vintage is amazing and there's lots of vintage shops across the world that are on uh, on the app and I found all sorts on there. Um, but the other day I did actually have a bad one 
<laughs> um, um, speaking of London fogs, as we mentioned earlier, that's really been my thing at the moment. And I have a growing collection of London fog Harringtons, um, and I found a beige one over on Vinted, um, and it was listed as a medium. Um, so a medium, obviously, that's about a 40 chest, which I am, uh, or a 42. Um, and I ordered it, and when it arrived, um, because the label in the picture wasn't quite uh, clear, clear, but I trusted the, the listing of a medium. When it arrived, it was a 48, which is about a XL or double XL. And I thought, I'll, I'll try it, and it looked like a parachute on me. And uh, safe to say I had to return it, but wasn't too happy about that one. Um, when I was younger, my mum would have said, you'll grow into it, but uh, I don't really fancy growing into a 48 chest just yet. Anyway, I don't want to put that much on at the moment. But yes, you are, of course, listening to A Cut Above right here on The Face Radio with me, Tom Hoy, for vintage shopping. I'd love to know what you've recently bought, um, some of your recommendations and more. Remember, you can find me on Instagram at TomTheMod, on Twitter at TomTheModDJ, on Facebook at uh, Tom Hoy, uh, my page, and you can find me on YouTube by searching for Tom the Mod. Um, it'd actually be really cool to um, focus a bit more on vintage shopping over on YouTube and make some videos or something. I've been making lots more reels recently of different places I've, I go to, um, but they've mainly kind of been uh, centered around styling tips. So it would be good to possibly. Uh, show off some of the vintage spots I go to because when I go to London um, now and then I always kind of uh, show off places I recently uh, did a little one of Sounds of the Universe in Soho which is a record shop I always go to I just have to and more often than not well I say more often than not most of the time I come out with something because it is a fantastic record shop but um one around vintage clothing could be quite good now I think of it. So stay tuned. I will hopefully do that again in the near future. Or I'll do that in the near future. I'll try to anyway. But um, yes, you are listening to A Cut Above with me, Tom Hoy, right here on The Face Radio. And it's time now for another track. And then after that, we'll get back to tonight's special guests, Andrew Lindsay of Mod Shoes and Simon Parr of Heritage Brands for this vintage clothing special. Stay tuned for that. But right now, though, it's Lotus Blossom by Kenny Dorham. Ha <laughs> 
A good kid, man, he doesn't want anything hit. He's forever demanding to know who and why and what and where. Inquisitive child, and sometimes the questions are wild. Like, Daddy, can I have that big elephant over there? Don't want to comb my hair. Where my teddy bear, Daddy, look at that cowboy coming there. Hey, can I have a pair of boots like that to wear? Daddy, can I have that big elephant over there? The time will march, the years will go, the little fella's gonna grow. I gotta tell him what he needs to know. As life's parade goes trudging by, he'll need to know some reasons why. I don't have all the answers, but I'll try. And daddy, can I have that big elephant over there? And daddy, oh daddy, oh daddy, oh daddy, oh daddy, oh daddy, what daddy? Hello, you're listening to A Cut Above with me, Tom Hoy, right here on The Face Radio for this vintage shopping special. And I'm joined this evening by Andrew Lindsay of Mod Shoes and Simon Parr of Heritage Brands. Where we left them, we were in the middle of a conversation talking about the modern day uh, vintage shopping and how it differs to the past. And Andy, as you're about to hear, was about to ask Simon his thoughts on how it has changed compared to how it used to be. Ask the question, Andy. Go on. In terms of the vintage shopping, though, Simon, I mean, is do you do you feel you found more bargains back in the day, or or is it do you feel that it's more choice now? I mean, you go to when we go to car boot sale, you know, there's lots of other people who are obviously all into the same thing and the sort of sort of churn going on. Do, do, yeah. do you know what I mean? Do you... Really good question because if you think about it, in 1980, 1981, when I was into the mod scene, the 60s was only 15 years. <laughs> 
So you're thinking we're talking vintage clothing would only yeah. have been like 15 years, where now it's 60 years old. So yeah. you've got lots of – so vintage clothing now is sort of 80s and 90s, really. I mean, it's 90s clothing, vintage clothing now, I think so. Well, it's funny because when I, I was growing up, my my brother and sister were born in the 80s. So I had all their hand-me-downs, but there was all these kind of LS uh, – feeler and all that kind of stuff like track tops which yeah funny because like no if I, I go into a shop in manchester a vintage one you'll see them going for like hundreds of pounds and you think yeah. if i had them still i'd, exactly. I'd be sat on a no, be one side problem tom they would be far too small yeah they would I, yeah i was probably too there'll be someone <laughs> but um <laughs> what um what kind of vintage places vintage shops have you been to at the moment then like looking forward what what uh, what's a vintage shop that you kind of you both look forward to going to, or will maybe make a point of going to if you're near? Well, it? well, Andy's just mentioned one, Sue Ryder in Peterborough, mm. which yeah. is run by our friend Beth, and it is brilliant. Honestly, apparently, what happens is all the Sue Riders send all the cool stuff to to this one in Peterborough, and uh, the menswear section is amazing. Again, we're talking about tweed coats, and this uh, is specifically a vintage Sue Rider, isn't it? It's not like the others. Yeah. It's a cool, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's it's, another one in Leicester, isn't there, Simon? I think there's, I think there's two two vintage ones. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think that's good. Um, I mean, vintage mark. There's one in the cathedral in Peterborough that's that's always quite good. Yeah, the, the shop I like, Simon, is the shop where we um, where we got guy got his Harrington's because there's about two or three just in a row there in Brighton. Yeah, yes, yes. yes. I mean, Brighton yeah. is Brighton is brilliant, mm. but you always find the gems, you know. We'll be on the train home and you'll get your little bag out and you'll have an original, God knows where you find them. Um, hmm. Certainly when you go to Camden, you go and see your mate, what's his name down the stables? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's not what you know, is it? You're not sharing that right, one, are you? <laughs> <laughs> but what, what have you both bought recently then that you, um, you're you particularly been, pleased of? With? I'm obsessed with the uh, tweed coats. So I've got a... A Dunn Co. tweed coat that got the classic car boot sale, and it was only forty quid. And I thought, oh, what a bargain! I tried it on, and it had a hole in the shoulder. And the uh, bloke, the bloke said, "You do realise there's a hole?" I went, "Oh no!" But so I got off the train, went straight round to see my mum, and she darned it, and you'd never know it was there. Wow. So at the moment, that's my favourite vintage piece, and it's done the job. Oh yeah! Oh, brilliant! And Andy's showing us something now, but this is radio, Andy. So explain it. Yeah, it's just a yellow um, Harrington windshielder. It's got it's got no um, inner lining. It's a classic sort of um, you know early sixties. It says Barry Barry Dolan. Do you know that name, Simon? Barry Dolan. Barry Manilow. Barry Manilow's (laughs) own label. Yeah. Yeah, So, um, my favourite. I will top. I will top trump you there. Sorry, Andy. So I went to Cambridge to this vintage shop. And uh, there was like a three-button mod suit there. And I was I was really looking at it. And the guy said, he said, oh, I've got one upstairs you might be interested in. He said, I was going to have it myself. So he brought it down. And it was a Bill Gorey. I mean, anyone knows that back in the day, in the 60s, Harry Bill Gorey, he did all the, the mod suits. And it, in the label, it said 1964. And it was a Harry Bill Gorey. And I was like, oh, my God. And he said, I said, how much? He said, well, 40 quid. I thought, well, yeah. I snapped his armor, so I've still got it now. But yeah, Harry Bill Gorey. I, I think one of my that's really nice because Simon, when you you do the trick, obviously you look inside the the, the, the inside pocket, don't yeah. you? Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, and um, when I've got um, there's a guy who helped does uh, retro festivals, uh, Malcolm he is, and he said I think this jacket will fit you. And nowhere of a lie, he pulled out a um, a two tone, three button, perfect skinhead, no, you know, right. jacket. Yeah, and and I was like, put it on, and it fitted. And I was like, thank you, God. And when I got it inside and turned out the thing, it said um, uh, tailored in 1971, and in what? London. So I was like, some skinhead, yeah. original suedehead had that jacket, so you know. That's cool. Like, but it's yeah, great. Was, it's great when you find things like that, isn't it? You yes. Know? Yeah, I've yeah. got a another well, London Fog Harrington. It's the same color as that jacket you just showed, Andy. It's nice lemon, and inside um, it just says Mister A. And like, I want to know who was Mister A. What was he doing in the sixties, and what what was his story? But it's really cool, isn't it? Just it, it's, it's a, yeah, like great to know that it it is like a story, and it someone else loved it before you did. I think that's the probably the best yeah. thing about yeah. vintage fashion, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, the Holy Grail of Harrington's really is the the James Dean one, which was uh, made by McGregor. Mm. I bought one in urban, and it was like uh, it was thirty quid, and in the sale for fifteen quid, and um, I couldn't believe it. But the person behind the counter had no idea what it was, you know. But it, yeah. it wasn't red; it was uh, like a tan colour. But Allah, oh, here we go. He's got a London fog. I got several. I have. <laughs> many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wagovi and zep pound for those who qualify plus they accept most insurance plans to get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But um, it's funny, funny isn't it, with it, like urban outfits, because that has completely changed in recent times, hasn't it? It's gone. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of moved away from that. And it's vintage look clothing, isn't it? As opposed yeah. to kind of, it's not yeah. just selling the vintage clothing anymore.
This is Batman. And Robin. With exclusive news for KHJ listeners. It's the Batphone Secret Number Contest presented by Boss Radio. There's a terrific prize for the first KHJ listener to guess the secret number of our Batphone. You've seen us answering the Batphone on TV. It's a special hotline Commissioner Gordon uses to contact us whenever there's trouble. There are seven digits in the Batphone's secret number. Listen to what you'll win if yours is the first correct answer received by KHJ. You'll visit Batman and me at 20th Century Fox and be our guest for lunch at the studio. Then you'll ride to the Batcave in the Batmobile, where Robin and I will present you with a 1966 console color television set. To visit us and win the color TV, just guess the secret Batphone number. Watch for Robin and me on Channel 7 Wednesday and Thursday nights. And keep it on KHJ for more clues in the Batphone Secret Number Contest. Very close, cause I don't like to boast. Instead, I tell the tale of the French who prevail through the Mr. Crazy Rabbits who are always on his tail. Rent ain't on sale, your roomie starts to wail. Get caught with stolen goods, then you will go to jail. If you go to jail, then who will pay the bail? To put you back to France on a ship with a sail. Escargo, Lucy, and you eat snails. Hey, yo, Tim, what's wrong with snails? From the Zulu nation, from a town called Paris. Yeah. Came to America to find liberty. Uh-huh. Instead of finding pleasure or your family's misery. Mm-hmm. But listen, Lucy, and you have a friend in me. Oh, luck, luck will drive your butt batty. Next time you fix some wheels, make it a caddy. In terms of doing good, I know you wish you really could. But listen, brother man, I really think you can. Succeed with the breed of the brothers who you back. It's the creme de la creme. And you can vouch for that, it'll take a minute, rice. So take my advice. Trust in us, thus you trust in your life. Lucy and Lucy and Lucy and Lucy and you. Are you ready, Lou? This one is for you. Coming from a true blue, fits like a shoe. Come on, start to stare, or come on, tell it, boo. Lucy in, I'll leave it up to you. Watch that last, gonna backlash fast Can you get a grip on the crackhead dip? So drew a paper bag, guess he saw you coming DC y'all from a neck bone bumming Ten dollars brother, he was humming and strumming Only had twenty, he was living like a slumming Gave him the money, well I thought that was something Looking like a kid who was lost in crumming Don't worry about a thing, I won't get specific This is a song that is long and prolific Think of the stuff that I said if you can Figure it out, compute, understand No problemo, I'll help you with your demo if you go to the store for me, Lucian, I'm just kidding. You should know. Hey, yo, what's up, dude? What's your name? Hey, 
You gotta get a grip on the missions you be taking. Not so much the mission, but you got crazy ignition. Sure, the sugar babies wanna give you a chance with the French Savoir fair and the sexy glance. But is she really fly or is she a guy? I won't ask why, cause I know that you try. You try too hard, is that the answer to the riddle? Instead of doing so much, why don't you do just a little? Boy, what a cat, I guess we shouldn't treat him bad. In fact, it would be nice if we understood him right. A case of position in the feet in the shoes. Sympathetic reason in the case of the blues. Lucy in his blue, even though he's really brown. I had to make the sound, his life is too profound. On the up and up, he's something like a little pup. Young and naive, it's hard to believe. As long as you're strong, you can quest with the questers. Jolly like a jumping bean or a jester. Lucy and Lucy and Lucy and Lucy and you should know. Look of Lucian, a tribe called Quest. You're listening to A Cut Above with me, Tom Hoy, right here on The Face Radio, from Manchester, England, to Brooklyn, USA. Hello. Do you know, I would love to hear from some listeners over in the US. In fact, wherever you are. Um, and I'd love to know what your vintage experience is, shopping-wise. When I was over in New York, there were I, you were kind of spoilt for choice for the amount of places um, so I would love to know some bits you've picked up over there. Um, I imagine there's a lot of things that are so difficult to find here in the UK are just so common over there in the US, like McGregor, Harrington's, uh, kind of, I bet as well, something I would love particularly is all the Ivy bits and bobs, so maybe kind of old school J-Press, um, American military bits, but um, I would love to go back there again soon purely just to go shopping so i'll start saving now and i'll get there again soon for sure at the moment i seem to be wearing a lot more military um inspired clothing now this isn't a vintage piece but it's something definitely worth mentioning um i recently got a jungle jacket from all blues co in leeds uh, in the uk obviously which um is a shop i mentioned before um, it's probably my favourite shop at the minute. I love it. Um, Ivy inspired, uh, lots of Korean brands in there, Japanese, uh, lots of American inspired clothing. But this is kind of um, an American style 60s, 70s uh, jungle jacket, proper cool piece. Um, and they do it in some cool colours as well. Um, I got it in uh, just a khaki green, but they also do it in a lovely mustard, a pink. Um, and I think a black as well but um, lovely piece um, but there's so many good vintage ones you can find out there as well um, if you find I always think you know how good a vintage shop is based on kind of everyone does 90s stuff but if you can find one that does good military stuff you know you're in for a winner um, but yes Back to vintage stuff in just a moment. I am still, of course, joined by Simon Part of Heritage Brands and Andrew Lindsay of Mod Shoes, two good friends, and both wealth, uh, they're both a wealth knowledge when it comes to clothing, vintage in particular. But before we get back to them, it's time for just one more track, and it's this.
The Kinks with Power Man. I'm Tom Hoy and you're listening to A Cut Above right here on The Face Radio for this vintage shopping special where my special guests this evening are Andrew Lindsay of Mod Shoes and Simon Parr of Heritage Brands and we're talking all things vintage shopping. Um, so a question for both of you now. Is there anything that's not in your collection yet that you're, you've been on the hunt for that um, you know as soon as you see it, you will buy it. Anything you're looking for at all? Uh, good question. I think, I don't know. I've got a, an M51, an M65 Parker. Mm. Um, I suppose a, a really good Gabici. Uh, Nick the Greek, for my birthday, he gave me um, a lovely Gabici vintage, which we've dated to 1970s. Wow. It's, the wool one, uh, Camilla from Gabici told me. So it's wool and suede. Uh, I mean, that's that's lovely. So, I mean, I, I would like to find more original Gabici uh, pieces. Well, yeah. what about you, Andy? There must be a pair of shoes or something that you haven't quite <laughs> found yet. Well, I, I imagine to find some toppers, you know, proper toppers, like the ones in the middle, with like the Ronnie Lang ones with the, the sort of stripe in them, you know, something like that would be, be pretty cool. I mean, I've, I've looked at trying to think about getting some of those remade. I know I'm talking of a sort of a competitor who's made for us in the past, Dr. Watson, shoemaker. Oh, yeah. Amazing recreations of those shoes. We, when we've done them, though, they just don't sell in numbers, Tom. They just don't yeah. sell enough. Yeah, you know, uh, um, it's real shame. Real shame. In well, what about of, your personal wardrobe then? Is there anything well, that you're. Is, I must admit, you know, um, I think I had a conversation with you, Tom, once about ties somewhere, or and you'd seen every single colour as like a rainbow. It, oh, it's right. Yeah, Maybe. Also, yeah, yeah. I'd like to have a Harrington or a windshield like that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it is, um, it, you know, I know they can't see this on here. I, I've recently um, moved the. Um, the stuff around in my house. And <laughs> yeah, we get three through the keyhole. Um, look at Andy's house. <laughs> the jackets look. That's my jackets up there. Oh look. my word! You got yeah. more than me. Right. So there's some jackets. Look. Yeah. And then the rest of them up there. Look. Right there. Look. So we're looking at now. There's a whole wall in Andy's house filled with lots of different colours. There's yellows, blues, reds, stripes, everything. Yeah, but and 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 the, the sad thing is, is how many colours of yellow Harrington do I need? 
Oh, you've never got enough. Never got enough. <laughs> I think you may have a problem. I, I bought a pair of chinos, those uh, 1944 French. And uh, when, I, when I went to put them in my wardrobe, <laughs> there was almost 20 pairs of chinos, almost identical. And my wife's like, uh, I think you may have a problem. It's, it is, is it, though? You know, it's like it's collecting no, reggae records or Northern Soul records, you know. With the issue of annoying lots of people, but you know, a lot of Northern Soul records do sound similar, yeah. <laughs> and Red records definitely do. Do you know what I mean? And I love lots of them. You know, I've got a huge collection of them as well. So I, don't, I think you, I love the feeling for me when I'm getting dressed. I don't ever worry about what jacket I'm going to wear because I know whatever I want to wear, I've got a jacket that's going to go with it because I've kind of <laughs> every shade. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Or something. When you were when you were sixteen, you wouldn't, would you? You probably had one <laughs> one denim jacket, one pair of jeans, you know, one couple of pairs of shoes, really, because you couldn't afford it. Well, now now we've got a little bit more money, hopefully, and we can. Uh, we've been collecting all these years, so uh, and it's so much easier now, isn't it? If you think of something, yeah. you can probably find it wherever. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Very, very much, very true. And I think a lot of modern labels now are copying old. Uh, garments of clothing anyway so you, yeah. you can brand new I mean yeah <laughs> anybody doing that song how very dare you <laughs> <laughs> it's the same with um, I mean Gabici uh, are reproducing old pieces there's yeah. a lot of brands who are reproducing old pieces so well they've got an amazing archive haven't they they can just go look yeah. back on and think wow that looks great let's make that again yeah. i suppose levi's wrangler lee they're all reproducing you know old styles so you can go out and buy a brand new pair of jeans but they look like they're really really old so there's more and more i mean real mccoys they're, they're just reproducing old styles but they you buy them they're brand new yeah uh, and- i think that neatly gets us to your show sponsor tom <laughs> <laughs> who is that <laughs> yeah because modules of 66 have made a you know passion of like the, the very they can't see obviously but the very top i got on is you know a copy of wellers you know and and there's been lots of lots of that goes on and i think the reason we do it it's probably like simon suggests is i want things that i wanted when i was youngster i was young yeah and, and you know there's things like you know um like well awards you know we practically anything we copy with well it just seems to sell you know, and I'm thank Simon for that. You know, we've done several of the, the college scarves and things like that, and they've all gone very well. Again, because you'd see them on top of the pops, and you wouldn't be able to buy them. I mean, where would you buy that top from? He probably there was only one. You know, so yeah. now now we can buy them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true. You know, and we've got the new colours of the Solid Bond, literally just coming out, and you know they're sold well. You know, it's it's nice. You know, I think. I think I think that the honest truth is 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 that not all things old things are good, but it's nice to be able to cherry pick the bits you like, yeah. and and that gives you it's like with old music. I mean, if you listen to some sixties music, it's dire, but we get to cherry pick the, the good bits. You know what I mean? Whereas certain nineteen seventies fashions, you wouldn't really want to reproduce those, would you? No, the flares. Um, you know the the tulip collared shirts, but um, certainly the sixties. You, you definitely want to reproduce the sixties. Carlton Tower Hotel. When Mary Quant invades new realms of fashion, bright young girls are interested, and so is the national press. As the outcome of two years' hard work, Mary has perfected the very thing the new generation had been hoping for: boots and shoes that are distinctive, 
comfortable, washable, and nearly indestructible. Mary believes that footwear should fit like a glove. Wear the latest kind when you're young, and in later life, you'll never complain that your feet are killing you. That sounds like a wonderful future viewed from any angle. Next season's forecast, thigh-length boots, high enough to reach the hem of the skirt. In fashion, new ideas come up from some of the most unlikely places. If you think boots must be all in one piece, Observe the detachable top, which comes off with a zip, either for wearing as shoes or with other tops of different colours. And with all the new materials, the saying, there's nothing like leather, is old hat. Being stuck with the same clothes all the year round, the terrier turns his back on the fashion world. We don't, of course. Oh, well, the fabrics are made flat, and women are round, and there's this terrible problem of putting the two together, you know which is why I want to make round clothes uh, with no seams, so that we can be rounder and smoother than we are, you know. And uh, really, it's how I got into this shoe thing, um, because I've never had a pair of comfortable shoes in my life, and the same thing, you know, feet are a very complex shape. And I wanted to make shoes which were like uh, uh, glass or bottles, and have no seams and no bits that rub and all that and all bendy and loose. I also wanted them to join up with the stockings and just be a sort of one cool line. So uh, there were some chaps who just invented this, this way of making things. We would just pour a kind of chewing gum in, into a mould, into a last, um, and, and you get out what you want. And, you know, rather like making a sort of jelly. And so they said, well, well sort of more, let's come play with my machinery. And, this is how we started making these shoes. So using this method again, you, you are pouring in sort of chewing gum into a last, uh, you know, just like making a jelly, you're pulling it out. Either, either you can put the sock inside so you seal it onto it, or you can put a, the stocking tight inside so it's uh, naturally fused to the thing. And then really, it's like a Cinderella thing. You have, you're walking on air or walking on a glass slipper. I, I got involved with the makeup bit because um, now that the clothes were different, the face was wrong. Uh, you see, there was still this very artificial, uh, hard sort of makeup and uh, hair, you know, dressed up as a, as a sort of wedding cake and things like that. And so I wanted hair where it was straight or curly to be natural. And um, makeup to be, um, you know, as though you, you didn't wear any makeup at all, but um, just, you know, as though we were all born better looking than we are. <laughs> I, I felt that, that lipstick should look like, rather like a, a modern man's uh, lighter. They're two colours, so you use a kind of shiny bit, and then the other bit, which, which um, in fact, just, just sort of somehow picks up the colour of one's own uh, skin, you know, isn't really a colour at all. Then the paint box bit. You know, I, I, I'm so messy, I can never find the right brushes and the right bits. So I wanted a box where everything was in the same box. 
also very few pieces, but pieces that, as with a paint box, you can mix the colour you want from day to day when you want to change, and it's all there in the same box, and there it is, and a great big glass thing. So, so I did a thing like that. Then they were made of plastic, and I love plastic. What's made of plastic? Why do we apologise and pretend it's gold? You know, it's um, it's you know, hundred carat good plastic. I wanted it to look like that, so that so there it was, and white plastic, the daisy, which has always been. I know, a sort of luck of my life, you know, somehow. I used to doodle these daisies everywhere, and I'm nervous, you know. And then they got on the clothes, and then became formalised, and it became that daisy. I think the point of fashion is not to get bored with looking at somebody. I think the point of clothes for women uh, should be, uh, one, that you're noticed, two, that you look sexy, and, um, three, that you feel good. I can't see that we wear them to keep warm. I just feel that as long as women are alive and enjoying being alive, whatever age they are, they should take, use, eat, wear the clothes of their time. You know? And uh, that fashion is for now, not for necessarily teenagers, not for necessarily being 20 and 30 and old and dead in. Fashion is for now, and if you're still enjoying living, and you're still enjoying being a woman and being sexy and being alive, then you know, one wants, surely, to wear the clothes of today. It's nothing to do with age or anything else, it seems to me. Icon of the 60s, Mary Quant there, um, a fashion designer, of course. Um, I went to a exhibition um, of, uh, of um, some of her most iconic pieces at the Victorian Albert Museum in London, uh, a couple of years ago, and it was fantastic. If you got to see it, um, it was brilliant. I think it even could be in Australia at the moment, um, or it has been. It might not still be there, but a fantastic exhibition. And uh, I've, I know of a couple of people that have been vintage shopping and have, and have come across some of Mary Quant's uh, pieces, and that really is, when we talk about a gold mine in menswear, that is an absolute gold uh, gold mine in women's wear. Um, when I was on uh, Totally Wired Radio um, on my show Go Go Power, I um, interviewed um, Polly Love, um, an Irish DJ, but also collector of um, Mary Quant's clothing. And um, she um, kindly lent a lot of her pieces to the exhibition. Um, and it, they're just they're stunning works of art. And it was like actual kind of testament to show how much um, clothing was kind of cared for in the process of making it um, from good materials, kind of workmanship, um, and just the absolute craft of making clothes as pieces of art rather than just kind of disposable items that you'll you'll wear once and then uh, send them back in the parcel to ASOS. These were absolute works of art. Um, Every single detail um, was looked at. And uh, yeah, so if you've ever heard, uh, if you've ever, if you've ever found a Mary Quant item of clothing, let me know. I'm Tom Hoy, of course. If you've just tuned in, and a shameless plug right now, I'm on Instagram at Tom the Mod, on Twitter at Tom the Mod DJ, and over on Facebook, you can find my page, Tom Hoy. But right now, though, we're going to have a musical break, starting with this. Sometimes 
Kathleen Emery with Sometimes I Feel Like a Motherless Child. You're listening to A Cut Above with me, Tom Hoy, right here on The Face Radio for this vintage clothing special, which we will return to just momentarily with my guests, Simon Parr of Heritage Bands and Andrew Lindsay of Mod Shoes. On the topic of vintage clothing, um, I saw something on Instagram the other day that quite made me laugh. 
and it was a reel that um, um, or a meme that said when you hit the soprano section of the thrift store and it's true in it and I've not really ever thought about it and it was a, a video of kind of and it was just a rail of um, kind of uh, polo shirts that looked like kind of Tony Soprano would wear and when you do think about it every kind of thrift shop has them don't they they're kind of Italian American mafia section that kind of that uh, brown sepia kind of polo shirt but um, yeah I wonder who buys them maybe it's just people that uh, eat lots of Italian food and uh, pretend they're in a film listening to this I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care And though my pocket may be empty I'd be a millionaire My clothes may still be torn and tattered But in my heart I'd be a king Your love is all that ever mattered It's I forever be a beggar Whose golden dreams will not come true Or will I go from rags to riches My fate is up to you I forever be a beggar Whose golden dreams will not come true Or will I go from rags to riches My fate is up to Tony Bennett with Rags to Riches. You're listening to A Cut Above with me, Tom Hoy, right here on The Face Radio for this vintage shopping special where I'm joined by my very good guests, Simon Parr of Heritage Brands and Andrew Lindsay of Mod Shoes. And just to end on then, I'm going to ask an impossible question of you both because 
I mean, it's going to be impossible for Andy, seeing as though how much he ha- got in the back of his wardrobe there. But if you had to pick, if your house was to burn down and you had to pick one item from your vintage collection to keep, what would it be? Andy's out of his seat already and he's run into the... <laughs> it's not actually happening, Andy. Your house isn't on fire. You don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> but what are you both going for? Go on, Sean. Oh, well, I, uh, I would have to say my tweed coats because I'm obsessed with my tweed coats at the moment. So. Right. It would probably be one of those. Any particular reason? Uh, oh God! Any particular reason? No, I just, uh, I just, I think they're fine to they're, they're hard to find. Yeah, when you find a good uh, one, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A real passion for it at the moment. Um, mm. Loads of Harringtons. I've got loads of other stuff, but it would probably be one of those. I suppose really, I should go for a leather jacket because it's more, um, more expensive. But um, no, it'd be one of those. I think. Okay, and what about you, Andy? Well, I can't show you it. I know this is radio. Yeah. <laughs> it would be that two-tone jacket at, at work, but another piece I absolutely love is this um, Lacoste uh, golfing jacket. Mm, uh, very nice. It's, it's got all the, look at the button, even the buttons, you know, that I love it. The, it. All the different details on the back there, can you see? Yeah. I just love that jacket. It only comes out once a year. Because I just, you, it's such a statement piece. Everybody knows you've worn it, you know, and you, you know, it's just, and I love the inner, you know, it's just so American. Just imagine someone playing golf in America and wearing that thing. It's yeah, just, definitely. I think I might, um, I think I might have to come around your house and sneak up into your bedroom. That's just oh, he's showing off now. He's showing us all his. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you both so much for coming back on the show. It certainly won't be the last time. But um, what uh, I'm going to ask you one more question, actually. I know I said that was the last one, but what would be your one tip for someone to want that wants to shop vintage that uh, maybe hasn't quite done yet? What would be a tip? Uh, take your train or drive to Brighton because it's full of um, vintage shops, full of vintage shops, or London, really. Okay. You know, uh, and yeah, I would go there. What about you, Andy? Yeah, talk to. I think the thing that we talked about earlier, which is I, those lanes in Brighton. Those there's about three or four shops, three or four really good shops down there. And just just go with an open mind. Um, you know, try try everything on, and just walk around and enjoy it. You know, and just it's 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 the joy of the find. Yeah, because. I think a lot of people sort of like when you go to a shop, I've seen people do it, which it makes me laugh so much. You see them going to a vintage shop, you got this in a small. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> one of one. Yeah. 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 One of one. And I think that's the joy. I think that's probably why, you know, for me, vintage shopping or just kind of secondhand shopping has always been something I like. It's because it is I like the jumble sale. It's I like the finding the the, the thing. I'm not walking into a shop where I know that they're gonna have you know, hundreds of these frames or and they're gonna yeah. be in different size and I just choose. It's the oh wow, look. It's the oh wow look minute. And you'll get hooked and once it and then it gets a bit addictive. Yeah. <laughs> like it does with old records. Well, thank you both so much for coming back on. Um see you on the next one because it will definitely be there will definitely be a next one as always. Thank you so much. It was good to see you both you guys and definitely going around Andy's and definitely gonna go and play dressed up in his room. Yeah, I'll publish his address <laughs> later and everyone can go and have a look. I'm, I'm concerned that he's been walking out the size of like a, you know, the Michelin man or something and like, no, I've not got any of your jackets on. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you so much to Andy and Simon for coming on. It's always great to chat to them. It's not quite the end of the show yet. A very apt song to play right now, and one of my favourites. It's John Coltrane with My Favourite Things. Thank you. 
Well, thank you so much. You have come to the end of another episode of A Cut Above, for this month anyway, but we will return next month with another topic amongst the world of clothing. A big thank you to my guests this evening. Um, Always great to chat to both of those. Always find out something new that I didn't know before. Uh, They were, of course, Andrew Lindsay, uh, founder and managing director of Mod Shoes and 66 Clothing, and Simon Parr, sales agent, Uh, of heritage brands and he represents lots of cool different brands including Tootle Scarfs, Guards London, uh, Real Hoxton and he's previously worked for um, some amazing companies including Barracuda. Um, So every time I chat to them it's always an absolute joy for me. Um, Someone just, for anyone really, just interested in clothing uh, if you ever get a chance to speak to them too, you definitely should. It's definitely uh, great for me when I get to do so. Um, so they will definitely return sometime in the future. And Andy, of course, is uh, the sponsor of the show. So make sure to go and check out Mod Shoes, um, where you can find lots of vintage-inspired clothing um, from lots of different decades. Uh, By the time you hear this, because this is pre-recorded, I will be over in Austria. I am going to Salzburg for the weekend, uh, which is a very nice birthday present for my partner, which I can't wait to go. uh, I can't wait to go over there. I've never been. um, So that would be great. I wonder if there'll be some vintage shops there I can go and check out. That will be interesting. But for now, though, wherever you are, thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed it. Remember, you can find me over so- on social media, on Instagram at TomTheMod, on Twitter at TomTheModDJ, and on my Facebook page, you can find me uh, by searching for Tom Hoy. And remember to check out YouTube as well, which you can find by searching for TomTheMod. But for now, though, thank you so much for tuning in. Wherever you are, take care, all the best, and I'll see you next month. Goodbye.
more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.